you know, kind of looking forward a little bit and also about the conference, you know, kind of circling back to that. How do you see that conference evolving? I mean, you and I talked about, got a whole number of things while we were there, but you know, a couple of things that stuck in my mind, which is um, one, you know, people are focused mostly uh, there on the delivery of finished products versus their capital expenditures. And that was sort of a new thing to talk about. But then also, secondly, looking forward is it is changing. I mean, the conference has to change to maintain its relevancy. The industry has to change to kind of up-level itself. And the participants within supply chain have to also adapt to this changing world around them. I mean, how do you see all those things kind of coming together through this conference, through your experience, through the visibility of kind of where things are going with, with people who attend this and people kind of, you know, trying to figure out what to make, how to make sense of all this stuff? Because there's just so much change going on right now, right? It's almost overwhelming. Totally, totally. So, you know, one, one of the interesting challenges, I'll say, like, so, so you and I, we, we've talked about it. We, we met through LinkedIn and, and then actually had to meet face-to-face at a conference. That is Which, totally by the way, is an interesting... Interesting side note, I was going to jump in, sorry, on that one, but I find, I'm glad you actually brought that up. I don't know if most people realize that, you know, how the power of LinkedIn, you're going to go into it, but I, I thank LinkedIn every day that, that you, people like us can connect and, you know, make these connections. Next thing we're doing podcasts together, it's, 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 it's awesome. That's right. And, and so, you know, that, that isn't even, you know, a change in 10 years, that's, that's a change in five years, right? Because five years ago, I wouldn't accept a LinkedIn request from somebody that I hadn't met in person. I'd, I'd go home from conference with a stack of business cards and about half of the people would have LinkedIn accounts and I'd, I'd send them an invitation. And now it's exactly the opposite, right? It's I, I, I meet people, I start conversations, I connect with folks who have common interests. And then, you know, we get a chance to, to build on that relationship and reinforce it and take it to another level by connecting up at a conference. Um, and, and I think that's the interesting challenge for associations like CSCMP is um, do you view LinkedIn as a threat? Um, and it's not just LinkedIn, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, um, and, and others. But, you know, for, for, for me, and I, I think kind of for you, I, I'm a LinkedIn guy. But, you know, do you view that as a competition? Is that where people are meeting and, and engaging instead of going to conferences these days? Or is, uh, is, is that a way of, connecting outside of the conference and strengthening the times that you do get together, building a stronger community and then, and then um, building on that by, by coming together, you know, in, in the case of CSC and P once a year for, for the annual global conference. And, and certainly that's the direction that, that I would love to see it go. And, um, and, and do you, you build know, on in, that in from term, your education? Oh, I was going to say, because you, you've really, parlayed your even your education uh, uh, information into the LinkedIn kind of education forums. And, you know, you've seen that blend that happens there. And you're describing something sort of as a, I put right. my product hat on here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're on to something. How does something like, you know, uh, 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 CSCMP partner with LinkedIn, right, to engage that, to create that? I mean, it's almost like you should open up and part of the, uh, the, the app should be LinkedIn connections between everybody you know, in some way, shape or form, Ab- offshoot conversations right. that are going on in the background that are captured, you know, somewhere, something like that. That could be fascinating. Sure. Yeah. What it looks like, how you do it. I mean, that, that, you know, there's a whole ideation session to be had there, but, you know, I, I think fundamentally the, the way I, I'd, I'd like to be, see it approached, I, I think, you know, sort of the smart strategy is to say, 
LinkedIn is, is, you know, the big global community and we want to pull as many supply chain folks and pull folks into supply chain conversations there. And then the conference is like a meetup, right? And so the folks that, that are most engaged or most curious or, or, or most passionate about the conversations that you get into online, well, of course, you're going to make time to, to get together with, with those folks in person, um, you know, once a year or once every couple of years. So that's the direction I'd like to see it. I, 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 you, you mentioned, though, and, I, and we haven't really talked about it. Um, I don't know if, if, if you know that evolution of, of lynda.com into LinkedIn learning. Mm-mm. But um, Lynda.com was was a startup. Um, I, now I, we're talking right now. I'm in San Francisco, but uh, just a little bit south in Carpinteria, California, and it was uh, an, an e-learning startup. So um, uh, they, they, you know, as I understand it, started with kind of a small production studio and brought in folks that, you know, knew uh, in particular about software and and um, uh, some, you know, artistic sorts of things like photography and some music and then business skills and, um, recorded these people teaching classes. And then, um, the, the model with, with lynda.com was you pay a monthly subscription and you get access to the entire library. And over time, that just really built and the library became a, a very impressive collection of, of learning resources that schools would subscribe to and, and public libraries would subscribe to, as well as individual professionals. And so I first I first got exposed to Linda.com probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it, the, the, the classes were just great for like, you know, if you, if you need a tutorial on how to do pivot tables in Excel or, you know, something like, you know, that you've just never done before and you need a place to start. Great, great explanations. Very well done and well produced. Well, LinkedIn bought them. And um, over the course of the past couple of years, they, they've been going through a rebranding. It's now called LinkedIn Learning. So that, that Linda, all that Linda content is now a part of LinkedIn. And if you have a LinkedIn premium subscription, you get access to all of those courses. Hmm. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I've been um, working on a lot over, over the course of the past few years is uh, creating courses in LinkedIn Learning around supply chain management, and around project management, but the project management courses have a, a pretty strong supply chain flavor to them um, because, you know, it's a big part of of uh, managing supply chains. You talk about the pace of change, right? And and it's part of what you have to do in, in a supply chain. How do we implement changes in a business? It's through projects. So I, I see project management being, a, you know, a, a really important skill set for supply chain folks, too. So yeah, so um, my my latest course that just released uh, a week ago today is um, a, an overview of supply chain certifications, including CSCMP and, and APEX, which is now ASCM, mm-hmm. to give people a sense of you know what are the different um, communities, the different associations that are out there that you can become a part of, what certifications do they have, what does it take to get those credentials. Um, and in that course, you know, I, I kind of walk through all the, the different credentials and I, I try to give a, a, a pretty objective overview of each. But then I also talk about a whole bunch of these basic supply chain concepts that are baked into all of those credentials. So at the same time, you can kind of take a class and, and help decide which certifications are right for you. And you can also start preparing for the certifications at the same time. 
Well, that's that's great. I think you planned this, but incredible segue into sort of the tail end here, which is really kind of like what's coming in trends and, you know, first and foremost, just, just getting started, right? So being able to have a course where you can actually see what are the available options, where can I start, what are the pros, what are the cons, um, awesome. But now looking forward a little bit and kind of getting into the prognostication section here, if you will, um, how do you see that changing? How do you see these curriculums kind of evolving? How do you see supply chain evolving in, say, the next five to 10 years? What is it becoming? What is your advice to people who not only are leading supply chains, but might also be interested in getting into supply chain? And then, you know, why would people want to get into supply chain? Why is supply chain something that most people have never heard of? And is that going to change as well, too? What, I mean, what do you see coming? I'm biased, I know. But I see supply chain as being the business, right? It, it, it is doing all the things that you actually need to do to service a customer and generate revenue. And, and a business that isn't doing that isn't a viable, sustainable business. So, um, and all the important stuff that we want businesses to be able to do when you talk about social responsibility and sustainability, um, the way we drive those improvements is through the supply chain. So I think the, the, the place to start is really with those foundations and, 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 and the pieces. That's what I've been focused on, on putting out there. You know, the, the LinkedIn learning courses and, you know, supply chain management for dummies. Everybody jokes about, you know, the title, but the truth is we're all dummies when we start off doing something. And, um, the dummies brand is the best selling knowledge brand in the world because we all know what it means, right? That I need to learn about something and I, I don't want somebody talking down to me. I want somebody explaining it to me straight so that I can learn it and move on. And that's really, that is the formula. That's the style for the book. So I, I think, you know, learning the what of supply chain through, through that book is a, a good starting point. And the LinkedIn learning courses is, is a good starting point, even for folks that, that, have been in supply chain careers for a while, you know, I often find they're, yeah, they've got a supply chain title, but they're really a procurement professional or a transportation professional, right? And so taking the time to step back and, and build that foundation really positions them to be able to leapfrog and, 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 and move to, to the next level to think more broadly about those inter interdependencies and interconnections in the organization. So, you know, that's the what, and then the how is the technology piece. And man, it is just changing so fast that, you know, it's hard to know where, where to look, right? I, you know, one day blockchain is all the rage. The next day it's IOT. The next day it's artificial intelligence. And we haven't even started talking about quantum computing, right? And, 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 you know, it's like, uh, I think it was Niels Bohr who, who said, you know, the future, it, it, it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. And, and so I'm very much in this mode of, of keeping my, my ears open and and um, trying to, to pay attention and doing, a, you know, a little bit of filtering of, of signal versus noise um, and being, you know, a little bit skeptical uh, of hype but also trying to be open and and creative and imaginative because I, you know the reality is these new technologies and these new capabilities are going to change how supply chain works and the folks that that see those opportunities 
and jump on those opportunities are going to be hugely successful. And the ones who ignore them are going to be like blockbuster movie, right? They're, they're just going to become obsolete. They're going to fade into history. And, 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 you know, it's not coincidence you bring up that example, given Jeremy's opening remarks uh, that first day uh, when he had that presentation about uh, technologies that people didn't think were going to come about. So, um, <laughs> and again, building on that, is it, is, is it fair to also say that, you know, not only is the supply chain organization changing and adapting and becoming kind of in its, you know, growing into its own, let's say, uh, because it controls, oh, good God, you know, between 60-70% of the overall spend when you really look at the COGS um, is the lifeblood or the central nervous system of the organization. So there's one organizational. But then the professionals also need to, like you said, they're not just, it's not just procurement or operations, but they've got to be an amalgam of, a, of, of an MBA type, right? They've got to understand the full business. They've got to understand finance. They've got to understand operations. They've got to understand sales and marketing to really do their jobs and technology. Because if they don't have those things, they're not going to be successful over the next five to 10 years. I mean, is that, is that fair? Do you see that as well? I, I do. I mean, I, so for me, you know, those, those pieces all thunder, fall under the umbrella of supply chain management, right? For me, the question isn't whether those skills are still relevant and important. Um, I, I think they absolutely are. I think the, the question is how are people going to learn them? Meaning what, what are the most, what are the fastest, most cost effective ways to develop those skills and, and who's going to pay for it? Is it, does it still make sense to borrow, you know, whatever it is, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to go get an MBA in, in, in some cases or, um, you know, are, are companies, you know, provide tuition assistance or are there going to be customized sort of training on the job? Uh, learning internship sorts of programs where um, folks in the organization have a chance to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. That That's the part to me that, that seems kind of weird right now yep. is, um, you know, I, I, I don't see companies in general taking that longer view and making a real investment in, in employees mm-hmm. um, and their education. And, and in large part, I think it's because, you know, employment has become so transactional. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're going to work here for a couple of years, then you're going to, you know, jump ship and go to the next place and, and, or, you know, you're going to work here for a couple of years and then we're going to have a bad quarter and we're going to lay you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's transactional both ways. So, you know, the, the question really becomes, you know, how, how do you, how do you learn it? How do you, how do you learn it best? Is the classroom really the best way to learn that or yep. there are better ways to learn and teach it? And, um, and who pays for it and how much does it cost? So if you so. were to kind of reach in there and just kind of look out a little bit for the foundational uh, elements, uh, sort of the platform elements of what it takes to be a supply chain professional, where the organization's going and the people and the DNA, what do you see the most impactful changes coming up in the next, say, five years uh, for supply chain? I and mean, we've kind of gone through quite a bit that I think is really fundamental to the whole supply chain organization and the participants. But do you have anything, you know, from your experiences and what you see, maybe what you're working on? Education is obviously front and center with everything you're doing, but anything else? What, 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 you know, five years from now is, you know, what are, you know, supply chain leaders going to be what? interviewed on, on Bloomberg? You know, where, where does, where does, where does this go? I, I don't, I, I don't know about that. It, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that, you know, the, the, the supply chain folks 
you know, for the for the most part, I, I I don't I don't think want to be talking in that sort of an environment, right? Okay. They they want to be a little bit closer to where the action is, yep. and, and focus on getting the the, the the job done. And I think, um, you know, I, I think the, the the Bloomberg interviews really are, you know, it's you're talking to investors, so that's the mm-hmm. job of the the CFO and the CEO. I'll, I'll say, you know, two two things that I I really see coming up in in supply chain that that are catching my my attention and i i think likely to change the way that we think about and do things in the next five years so um one one of them is uh, I'll, I'll just call it um supply chain platforms and and so i think Requis fits into that bucket i think uber freight fits into that bucket mm-hmm. um you know play, places where you're replacing brokers mm-hmm. with uh electronic marketplaces mm-hmm. um because so so many of the folks that work in the supply chain are, are matchmakers of one sort or another. They're, they're brokers. And, and I think any place that you see that, I, I'm not going to say that, that they become obsolete. Mm. But I, I think that the fact that you need to have a person doing a matchmaking between a buyer and a seller is an indication that there's an opportunity to reduce some friction. And, and in the process of doing that, somebody's going to make some money and change how it's done. That's one. The other one that I see, and this is where my startup is really focused, is um, I think we need to focus on the authenticity and knowing where the things that we're buying and selling have come from, mm-hmm. how they've been handled, what they've been subjected to, where they're going. You know, I, it, you know we, we don't... We, we live in this world of things around us, and, and when you really think about it, most of them are anonymous, right? I mean, it's a it, it's a it's a widget, right? And you know, maybe I know a part number for it, but you know, unless you're talking about something at a, at a pretty high level of a bill of materials, like you know, an entire car or tractor or an airplane, it may not even have a serial number, right? Mm-hmm. All the components in there just came from wherever they came, and they're basically anonymous. The reality of the world that we live in right now, uh, the latest estimate I saw is we've got about $3 trillion of global trade in fake and counterfeit products. Hmm. Um, and to put that in perspective, that, that is larger than the GDP of Canada. Yep. Um, I, I want to say it's about half again as big as, as that. So, you know, we, we, we've made this move for global sourcing and we've built up manufacturing capabilities, pretty sophisticated manufacturing capabilities all around the world. And we do um, recycling and disposal of components all around the world. And what we're finding is not knowing in detail where things were made, how they were handled, where they came from, actually creates opportunities for, you know, in a lot of cases, organized crime to make huge profits by selling, you know, in, in the case of uh you know, a, a lot of consumer products, just flat out fakes, right? Counterfeits that look legit. Um, in the case of electronics, taking, you know, used components, repainting them, relabeling them, selling them back is new. Um, in the case of pharmaceuticals, either making fakes or taking legitimate um, drugs and diluting them, mm-hmm. um, mixing them with who knows what. And so, you know, it, it in the same way that today we're talking about you know, fake news. Um, I think in the next few years, we're, we're going to be talking a lot more about fake stuff mm-hmm. and how that is a supply chain responsibility. 
And, and what's so interesting to me about that is I, there, there are actually technology solutions that can go a long way to solve that, but that's never been supply chain's responsibility. Yeah. It's never been, you know, a real problem that, that we had to take on and that we were going to help, be held accountable for. And I think that's changing because really there's nobody else that can fix that. Exactly. <laughs> that is totally our issue. And, and what's the name of your startup? Our company is called Secure Marking. And we have uh, we have a high high tech solution using nanotechnology, mm. so where we can give literally any product a unique fingerprint. Oh. So it's extremely easy to use and extremely difficult to copy, which makes it a perfect solution for for supply chain applications. Wow. Uh, that is something that you and I have to take off this podcast and 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 collaborate on just from a uh, uh, smart tracking and and, and requis <laughs> asset management uh, to look a perfect Absolutely. marriage right there. Uh, that's pretty cool. Well, you know, we've come up on an hour, so I want to be mindful of time and also kind of everything that we've got into this. Any final things that you wanted to get out there? Just thoughts, uh, you know, on, on what we've talked about? No, it's a, it's a great conversation. I you know I love talking about supply chain anytime I can do it, and Richard like. As you know, you you and I could philosophize like this for hours. I just really appreciate you uh, inviting me on. I'm I'm honored to be your the second guest on your podcast. You bet. Um, I wish you all all the best, much success, and and uh, to everybody out there. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the supply chain community, and and keep up the great work that you're doing. Well, and, and as you said, uh, you know, good plug for you, Daniel Stanton. People are going to know who you are. Open to networking all the time on LinkedIn. So easy place to find you. Um, and, you know, the pleasure has really been mine, Daniel. Um, you know, we hit it off on LinkedIn and then we're able to meet at that conference. And that's also modern networking uh, that I think is really important for people to understand as well, too, how that flow can happen and how quickly that can happen. Because I don't think you and I really knew of each other until just two, three, four months ago, something like that. So it's been a pretty, pretty quick ride. So this has been awesome. Great conversation. Couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, we'll wrap up there. Um, stay, stay safe. Uh, welcome to San Francisco. Uh, get a little bit of water for the scratchy throat and um, we'll, we'll tune in for the next time. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. 